This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. Learning how to think really means learning how to exercise some control over how and what you think. It means being conscious and aware enough to choose what you pay attention to and to choose how you construct meaning from experience. Because if you cannot exercise this kind of choice in adult life, you will be totally hosed. Many of you will recognize that excerpt, and you will recognize the speaker as one David Foster Wallace, author, writer, and professor. He was born February 21, 1962, in Ithaca, New York. He died September 12, 2008, in Claremont, California, at the all-too-unfortunate young age of 46. His mother, Sally Jean Wallace, was an English professor at Parkland College in Illinois, and his father, James Donald Wallace, was a philosophy professor at the University of Illinois. And Wallace grew up with his parents and his sister in, unsurprisingly, Illinois, and went, to, went on to attend Amherst College, where he studied English and philosophy. And then he followed that with a stint at the University of Arizona, where he earned a Master's of Fine Arts. And a fun fact, yours truly also attended the University of Arizona, though certainly not for fine arts. Arguably, I am neither fine nor artistic, so it kind of fits. Wallace then became a devoted and full-time author. He published his first book called The Broom of the System in 1987. And while I have not read the book, I do have it queued up as my very next audiobook to listen to, interestingly enough. And I'm quite excited to give it a listen. Wallace's next and most popular and well-known book is certainly Infinite Jest. Infinite Jest is a massive thousand-plus page, what they call encyclopedic novel with a winding storyline and literally hundreds of endnotes. It's absolutely a journey to, to read that book. And this book I actually have read, and it was both immense and excellent. And over the course of the book, it takes you through a whole range of emotions. I remember feeling discomfort and disgust and intrigue and curiosity, all while reading the exact same book. And I recommend reading it as it will almost certainly be unlike anything you have ever read in your in your life. You'll be flipping from the page you're reading to the endnotes and back, and some of the endnotes are multiple pages in and of themselves, and some of the endnotes even have their own endnotes. So you'll be in endnote 137, and it'll reference another endnote, and you'll have to flip to that endnote just to find out what the endnote from the book was referencing. It, it's a wild journey. And the result is a reading experience unlike any other I've ever had, and it's part of the reason why I find Wallace such an interesting figure. And I'm certainly not alone in that. If you look up a list of the top 10 commencement addresses, which, by the way, today's quote comes from a commencement address, you'll notice that Wallace's This is Water, which is what this commencement address has since come to be known colloquially by, is always on that list. It's always on those lists. It's always one of the top 10. And before we get to the actual commencement address itself, a little bit more on Wallace. He, while writing, both uh, 
Infinite Jest, and the Broom of the System. Wallace taught at Emerson College. He also taught at Illinois State University and also Pomona College in English, literature, and writing, some mix of those things. And tragically, Wallace died by suicide in 2008 after struggling with depression for multiple decades. And after his death, a manuscript of what would have been his next book, called The Pale King, was published. And today's quote is one that you, like I mentioned earlier, may have heard before. It comes from the commencement address that Wallace gave at Kenyon College in Gambier, Ohio, in 2005. And Kenyon is a private liberal arts college with about 1,700 undergrad students. And Wallace delivered the commencement address before about 400 students with additional faculty and staff and families there as well. And if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know that I love a good commencement speech. J.K. Rowling, Barack Obama, and others have all seen their words delivered during such a speech, repeated and analyzed here. And for good reason. Commencement speakers put a lot of time and energy into their addresses and Wallace is no exception. He was editing and cutting this speech up to the moment he delivered it, and if you listen to the speech, you can actually hear him do it during the speech itself. He says, etc., etc., a couple of times, and alludes to the reason he does this, because, quote, this is a long ceremony. (laughs) So this is a man who was very steeped in his art and certainly did a fantastic job of both writing and, and speaking. And the result for us is often fantastic words of wisdom. Some are certainly cliche, yes, but many others are profound and challenging and eye-opening and, and again, just fantastic. So in short, it's exactly the type of material one would want to convey to soon-to-be graduates on the day of their commencement. And not to get too philosophical here, though I suspect Wallace would allow it, so we'll, we'll digress slightly, but him being a philosopher and and me pretending to be one from time to time, the word commencement strikes me as a particularly appropriate one for the occasion of a graduation. Why? Because commencement, oddly enough, indicates both a beginning, as in the commencement of training, or some such thing, and it also means an end, as in a a graduation ceremony. And I think that's kind of neat. The idea that the ending of school could also be the beginning of something else. That thing may be professional life, maybe it's marriage or travel abroad, perhaps it's volunteer work or the military. It might be raising a child or or even beginning another educational pursuit. But regardless, a college commencement like this one at which Wallace spoke is a transition point, an inflection point, if you will. And Wallace is, is long on the other side of his formal education at this point in his life and well into the working world, and he is speaking back to the next generation on what he's learned, precisely what you would want someone at a commencement address to do. Hey, you're about to enter the world in which I've lived for some time. Let me enlighten you as to some of the things that you may wish to know or perhaps that I wish that I had known prior to making that transition. And Wallace even speaks to his younger self during the speech, as if to give himself advice to avoid difficulties and hard lessons that he's learned along the way. And one interesting section of the speech is about recognizing our inherent self-centeredness. And he speaks about how we naturally view the world as revolving around us. Right? Things happen to us. And as he says, others' emotions have to be explained to us to understand them, while ours are... Our own are so 
readily apparent and easily discerned. And he points out that this natural egocentrism is one of the first things to challenge as a newly minted graduate and to avoid. And it's shortly after this that Wallace delivers today's quote, which I'm about to play for you again. So now imagine that this is coming on the heels of criticism, of self-centered thinking, and also what he means the commencers, if I can make up a word here, to take from it when he delivers it. So here's the quote one more time. Learning how to think really means learning how to exercise some control over how and what you think. It means being conscious and aware enough to choose what you pay attention to and to choose how you construct meaning from experience. Because if you cannot exercise this kind of choice in adult life, you will be totally hosed. And this is such an important observation. It's so very important. Right? We all know and have heard a hundred times or more that attention is currency, right? That there are teams of people behind the scenes at everything from Facebook to Instagram to Netflix to your favorite news network that are actively learning and adapting ways to grab and to hold your attention. And this is why Facebook introduced something like auto video play. You may not remember, but it wasn't that long ago that when you scrolled through your news feed, you had to click the play button in order to make a video play. Well, now, as you scroll through your Facebook timeline, you'll notice that videos, as you reach them in your timeline, start playing all on their own. Why? Because the idea follows that if the video has started playing, and I watch a few seconds of it, provided it's interesting enough, I might just stay there and watch the rest of it. My attention has been grabbed. My attention is now being held. And it's also why YouTube automatically takes you to the next video that it thinks you'll like. It's why there's a queue system in YouTube so that you can just add and just create a, a curated list. It's also why there's a list of videos along the right-hand side of the screen on YouTube always when you're watching a video. Unless you're in full screen mode, you'll notice that there's always a lineup of videos. And it allows you to, in those moments during whatever you're watching where you become bored or disinterested, to glance over there and go, oh, that, that sounds interesting. Maybe I'll watch that next. Simple right-click, add to queue, and it's the next thing you'll see. And you could stay there for hours. There's a reason there's a term called YouTube freefall or Wikipedia freefall where your attention has been grabbed and the next thing you know, it's three hours later as you go through video or after video or article after article on whatever topic seems to be interested to you. It's why your Instagram feed never ends. Even after you viewed all the recent stuff from people you actually follow, Instagram seamlessly leads you to other things that it thinks that you'll like. You like cat content? Well, you're going to get cat content all the time. You like sports content? After you've gotten done watching the latest MLB or NHL or NFL feeds that you follow, it's going to take you to another sports-related feed. Why? Because they want to keep your attention. It's all about holding your attention so ads and money can flow from those platforms. And that's not all bad, not to get too far down the, the rabbit hole here, but that's also what allows you to use these platforms for free, is the fact that you trade a little bit of your attention for a little bit of ad time, and you don't have to pay to use Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, right? But more so than our attention being grabbed and held, it's, it's between our own ears, right? It's not just YouTube or Netflix or Facebook or Instagram. There are things that are worth our attention and time and things that are not, and that is true both on the internet and in our own heads. 
we must master control of what we dwell upon. That is what Wallace is saying to these graduates at this commencement speech. We all have a limited amount of time and attention, and how we spend it and on what we spend it is as important as how and on what we spend our hard-earned money. But rarely do we compare the two and conflate the two to be similar. He goes on further to talk about the mundanity and repetitiveness of life and that that life awaits the soon-to-be graduates. And if this sounds familiar to you, it's, it's possibly because this is also what Darren Brown was talking about in his quote from a couple weeks ago about the here and now. This quote reinforces that quote. Life can be obnoxiously frustrating and lonely. It's not like college, which is portrayed as and, and sometimes actually lived as parties and hanging out with friends and video games and selfies and spring break and oh yeah, the occasional class and, and test that you have to actually sit through. Much of adult life is drudgery and annoying. It's repetitive. It's wake up, go to work, come home, eat a meal, go to bed, rinse and repeat for five days before you get a two-day break, maybe, if you're fortunate. So what you choose to focus on in those boring, lonely, and annoying moments is very important. Learning where to focus and where not to focus is extremely valuable. That is the medicine that Wallace is trying to convey to a starry-eyed, excited group of graduates on the eve of their graduation. He's saying to them, learn this skill or your life will be harder than it already will be. We must learn this skill, which is why I brought this to you today. Many of us are far past our college graduation days and haven't learned this skill. And if we don't, our lives will be harder than they already are. And as we talked about last week with Thomas, life is beautiful, right? Life has so much joy available within it. And Thomas's fantastic quote meshes with this as well. So this is a, this is a beautiful moment here where we have a quote from a couple of weeks back from Darren Brown talking about the here and now. This moment right here is all there ever is. And last week, we have Ian Thomas telling us to be soft and to not allow the hardness of life to take hold. And this week, we have Wallace telling us that what we choose to focus on is incredibly important. How we think about the world around us is incredibly important. And if we don't learn to control this, we will be controlled. Our attention will go places. It will be taken places. And if we are not actively curating where our attentions are, are put, they will be curated for us. Somebody is more than happy to seize upon our attention and our time and our energy for their own benefit. The only way to combat this is to control this ourselves. Now, the other side of this coin is that life also has challenges and hardships and frustrations and monotonies and sadness and loss and heartache and pain. And what determines whether we live happy, fulfilling, mostly joy-filled lives versus sad, unfulfilled, and mostly joyless lives is where we choose to focus our attention. What we choose to see and what we choose to let dwell for long periods of time in between our ears and in our hearts. So as we leave today, I'll leave you with two words. And these are the two words that I think Wallace sums up all of what Wallace was trying to say in this quote. Those two words, listener, are choose wisely. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app. 
or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome your feedback. And thanks as always for listening.